from the twisted realm of science and the darkest pits of reason comes chilling tales of godlessness. Bear witness to the unfathomable terror that is... The Good Atheist. Welcome to the goodatheist.net bonus podcast. My name is Jacob Forte. I'm Ryan Harkness. All right, we are December 9th, 2009. Also known as the day where we became inoculated against the H1N1 virus. And you know what? I told myself that on December 9th is when I was going to do it. So... You're talking to two dead men. We're so dead. We're doomed. Didn't someone say that we were doomed? Well, it, w- it wasn't so much that they said they were doomed. Uh, doomed. Last night I put up a tweet on my Twitter saying, uh, you know, time to get the, f- like, I'm getting the flu shot tomorrow. Time to po- do my part Bad towards up. herd immunity. Because that that's my whole thing about it is regardless of what you think about the tiny, teensy, tiny little chances about whatever or the fact that th- there might be some tiny little whatever's about it, whatever you may think, herd immunity is still more important than any of these reasons, even if the reasons were real. So I, I put that tweet up, and uh, just, just in a, you know, time to do my part for herd immunity, I get an email from a friend who says, dude, wait, 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 like, I hope I haven't missed... Uh, y- you, you need to you, know you, this You right need now. to know this. And, and you know what? The truth of the matter, I don't look at it as a you need to know this is like, duh, kind of way. I'm like, it, it, it was nice. It touched me. I'm like, I got friends out there who are like, Watch out! They for have you. hearts bigger than <laughs> brains. That's wow. that's what that is. Well, here's here's the truth: is I don't I don't look at it like that because there's way too much misinformation floating around there right now, and nobody knows what to believe. So anybody that just because a person is against the flu uh, shot or doesn't make them stupid, it just means that the media has really, really, really blurred the lines between what anybody knows is true and what they aren't. Like, the the, the things that this guy told me to watch out for was the squalene and uh, thermis, uh, thermazole. thermazole. Yeah. Uh, two two chemicals in there that are that are quote unquote bad for you. Well, now, they don't even use those chemicals. No, they, they, hasn't been used here's, in a long here's, time. here's actually the thing, is that both of these are in the Canadian versions. Oh, are they? Yep, they are. So, uh, oh but, my God! But oh no! Here's here's one of the main things. There's a whole bunch of studies that were done showing that they don't matter. But if no, you don't, don't trust, if you don't trust those, here's here's the key thing that there's not even any debate about, and that's the amount that's in these things. And the amount of squalene is uh, is equivalent. Like there's there's that stuff in olive oil, and the amount that's in the shot is the equivalent of one drop of olive oil in your food. Now the other one is in tuna, or is in mercury. Or yeah, it has mercury. It's like a mercury, it's a, it's or whatever. An it's a compound in, similar to mercury. Yeah, and and it's in tuna. And basically, Jake, how many tuna sandwiches have you eaten over the past few weeks? Probably five or six. I, I probably have That's like ten times the dose <laughs> that I just received from the shot. But oh no, mercury in my brain. Yeah, ah! there, there, there's basically a sam a tuna sandwich worth of uh, of that stuff in there. So yeah it it really doesn't it, it, those those things are not well, the, the, those are the those are the talking points that guys like um Bill Maher use you know like the whole mercury thing and whatever and and people don't really understand the kind of stuff that they're always inhaling and breathing if someone told you that you were constantly inhaling all kinds of noxious terrible chemicals, you'd freak the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Hell, I try to tell you about real dangers like radon, you're like, shut up. <laughs> no, most no, you know, you know, you know what? If you just said beware the dangers of radon, I'd be fine. But you talked to me for like, like an entire like two or three days. It was just radon, radon, radon. And at the end, sometimes you do need to be told to shut up. 
He makes it sound worse than it is. He's like, for two days you were talking about nothing but radon. It's like a five-minute conversation. Oh, yeah. Like every 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 couple of hours, you know, we'd be sitting at our desk, and then you'd turn around and you'd say, this thing about radon, man, and I'd be there trying to work and be like, shut up. <laughs> so that's kind of how it Sometimes facts out. are shocking. They need mm. to be shared with other monkeys oh, no, to let them know true. how shocking these facts are. Well, I mean, I had a... It, it, it's always shocking to me sometimes. Like, uh, look at it like this. I, I, last night we got a we got a new good atheist member, and it's like somebody of of general fame, as far as I'm concerned. And I geeked out about it. I had nobody to tell. I was like, "Fuck! I wish I could brag to somebody about this, but I couldn't really because you know how it is: closets and stuff like that." Well, it's just it reminds me of the stuff when when I first started work on the hot atheist calendar, and it was. You know, finding hot girls uh, and asking them, hey, you know, like I saw some of your profile pictures and I read some of what you were saying and I'm like, you're hot and interesting. Would you be interested in, in maybe being in a calendar? You know, like, mm-hmm. and a lot of responses got back as, well, I'm not really out of the atheist closet right now. And, <laughs> and it's not something that you and I are really quite accustomed to, which is the hilarious thing about it because we think, oh, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. It's no big deal to come out of the, that closet and say, oh, it's it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. It, effect, it affects. Uh, I mean, look at it like this because I was just thinking. I was thinking about the flu shot in relation to atheism in the same way that if you're surrounded by people who feel that the flu shot is bad, obviously that's going to affect affect you. And it, it's one of those things where even if you just told people that you're going to go get the flu shot, they would actively attempt to convince you not to get it. And you know, it really makes me think about the influence of other people on these kinds of issues. It's uh, it's kind of scary. Well, it's scary. You you said that people who don't know all the facts are are aren't being stupid. No, no, pe- I'm people, saying people, they're being ignorant. But the but the problem is the information, the real information about these flu shots are out there. The crazy thing is that people are really over informing themselves with stupidity. Like it wasn't just someone who told you, "Hey, I heard that there's some bad things." In the flu vaccine. No, no, it's someone who knows the names of these things, but doesn't even comprehend what their proportions mean. Okay, well, let's look at it like this. I was reading a Time article, uh, Times, Time, Time article, a couple, a couple of weeks ago, talking about the uh, the flu virus, and they they were basically talking to, like, they, they went over that whole rigmarole of everybody in the scientific industry agrees that vaccines are the shit. And then they talk to the one guy who said that vaccines are not the shit and they suck and we need to do all these crazy double-blind tests, which would basically mean tricking people into thinking, the old people, into thinking they were inoculated when they weren't. (laughs) So obviously there's a massive moral quandary to doing that. And this is the reason why that it hasn't been done. Well, it seems very irresponsible. It's extremely <laughs> irresponsible. But anyways, this this whole article focused on on this one person who was basically saying that uh, the, the whole vaccination thing isn't on on a one on one basis isn't isn't one hundred percent sure gonna gonna help you. And this is again going back to that whole whole herd immunity because this is what what I find people you know on an individual level don't understand is that this thing isn't really gonna work all that well if nobody gets it or if if just a small you know, proportion of people get it. It's, you, you have to reach critical mass. You know, it's like it's like measles, and they've they've come back because essentially the, the there's not enough of a mass to sustain this idea of herd immunity. And everybody everybody wonders what is herd immunity. Well, let me give you in a nutshell what herd immunity is. Is it essentially when you go out there? There's a there's a it's like a Russian roulette, right? There's 
but say you got a, a couple million chambers in it, and maybe one of those people is is in, is infected in a way that might get you like you're not inoculated and they're not inoculated and they're sick. But the odds of you finding that person and 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 being in contact with them is just lessened if they're if you literally have just kind of a human shield <laughs> of other people that are completely and utterly immune to it, uh, and 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 they lower your chance of just ever even coming close to to contact with this virus because remember viruses are transmitted person to person okay it's like we need it needs carriers her immunity is all about eliminating the possibility of carriers so it needs to reach a certain size because if it doesn't then you don't benefit from that kind of like gigantic russian roulette chamber like you've gone from you know 10,000 chambers to just 5 you know well you you kind of want to add the chambers if you're just every time you walk out there in the street. If you're playing Russian roulette, I want more chambers, damn it! Uh, the simple way to just put it is, you know, if everybody is inoculated against it, then there's going to be a whole lot less people out there who are going to have it, which means a whole lot less of a chance of you running into of of sick people, people who might even have the fucking inoculation, but might have com- compromised immune systems or whatever, running into somebody who has never gotten the shot, is sick, and uh, gives it to them and kills them. So, because they're like, I don't need to get this shot. It's got a little bit of mercury in it. Now, excuse me while I go eat tuna sandwiches. <laughs> Delicious tuna sandwiches. Okay, here's the first thing I wanted to talk about. This is a. Um I like this story because it's just, it's just it's a delicious way that religious freedoms are used to fuck with people. It's like you ever hear of those, you know, peyote churches and stuff like that, you know, like they they allow they're I, they're I allowed love, to use I, pe- I, peyote because they're like it's part of a religious ritual and they're like damn it, we I, can't do anything to stop them. I love that. I love yeah. that because number one they shouldn't be in those people's fucking business no, to begin peyote. with. It's peyote. It's like a ca- it's like a cactus that you drink. And trust me, no one wants to drink peyote if you taste it. I've had peyote before. How did it taste? Uh, it tasted fine. I puked about two or three hours after, and uh, I didn't really get too much of an odd. Like, that's the whole thing. Peyote gets built up so much, and then you do it, and uh, it tastes it tastes like uh, like ass. Like vomit. It, it tastes like ass, and then you throw up about halfway through, and then after that, you know, maybe... I guess it depends on the, the potency as well, but I got a dud batch. I just... I just felt really drunk. The worst of fucking... Yeah, you got drunk on basically piss beer. Yuck. But here's here's the latest one that I just heard about. It's um, it's called the Church of the High Priestess. And uh, their whole thing... Oh, no, the Church of the Most High Goddess, excuse me. And uh, <laughs> this church is great because it what, seeks what to... Of, ab- what kind of denominate? Is it still kind of like under the banner of God and Jesus? No, no. It's under the worship of uh, Isis, so Egyptian... God worship. Cool. Yeah. So it's got it's it's got kind of like they they went old school. That's fresh. They went old school. So old, it's new. Yeah. Exactly. It's the new old school. Mm. Uh, and their whole thing is men specific. I think specifically men because it seems to be that there's two kinds of roles. There's the priestesses, and then there's just men who pay these priestesses for sex, which gives them absolution. So, it's basically prostitution. Now, now, this is a legitimate religion. So, wait a minute, is it a legitimate religion that's in the government recognizes their right to prostitution? Well, here's the thing. A, a, a judge has basically given, allowed them the opportunity to prove it. So, I can't tell you if it's an official religion yet, because it's not. But it has passed that first test. Hmm. 
Of course, there might be a problem with the fact that he, the founder, has kind of been caught pimping, uh, and his wife is basically his 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 hooker. They got a weird thing going on. I mean, maybe it works for them. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The cre- the creepiest thing though about this church of the high uh, goddess, uh, most high goddess. Why do I say? Anyways. It's a little bit convoluted. It's a don't, bit convoluted. Don't, don't worry it. it just don't sounds weird it. saying it. But, uh, yeah, the, 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 the rather unpleasant thing about it is that you can't be a high priestess until you've fucked at least a thousand dudes. Ooh, that's, that's interesting. That is a lot of dudes. That is, that is quite a few. <laughs> I don't even think I've had sex a thousand times in my life. I'm like, I'm trying to think, Matt, because here's, here's the thing. You know how it is with numbers. Once they hit a certain point, they get kind of abstract. But I always use, as far as my sexual... Partner Rolodex. meter, you you you've got guys like Wilt Chamberlain who are on that high level, and that's how I kind of like if, if a person has an obscene amount of sex, I'm like, are they around Wilt Chamberlain numbers, below or higher? But I can't even remember what that is. I but think that thousand- just jades you if you fucking use Wilt Chamberlain as an example of someone on the high end. He is a statistical anomaly, sir. Agreed. That's that's what I mean. He's like that. He's that high end that I recognize. Oh, okay. But I mean, I have I have I have kind of um, what's what I'm looking for. I have friends that are that have fairly high numbers, at least to my standards. And even then, I was like, "How did you find all this time?" And they were the low fucking, you know, three digits. Oh, like they were up above a hundred, and that's... they were up about a, yeah, a little bit over that. And I was like, "That's a lot, man." I don't even think I've had like. Well, I suppose I have had a hundred friends, but I haven't had. You know, it's like it's, it's like, like I... sleeping with everyone that you meet, basically. It's, yeah, at, at the rate that we meet people, yeah, you would have to. Yeah, it's true. You would I have mean, to be a one hundred percent whore. That's, that's the whole thing is that I can't really, I can't really say anything because I'm a shut in. <laughs> so what, what, what does my morality mean compared to other people who are out doing awesome things with other awesome people? I'd fuck around more if I was out doing awesome things with awesome people. So I'm not going to judge. But a thousand. A thousand just doesn't seem very healthy. It seems statistically a full-time job, man. <laughs> it's a full-time job fucking different people. All but the what, time. what exactly is the, the the reasoning behind you have to? I mean, I imagine it's just kind of like, a, well, this, this since this religion's all about fucking, you have to fuck a lot of guys. Like that's that's your that's no, your, no, no, that's I'm, your I'm specialty this, as saying, a priest. I don't even know if if this is you know if they're at all serious about it, which makes me wonder if it really is a real religion because, you know. We joke about this this kind of ridiculous religion coming up because it serves the purpose of the founders who essentially want to run a legal prostitution ring. Mm-hmm. And we can just laugh and say, oh, look at these profiteers. But my question to you, general public, is how is that fucking different from any other religion? Need I point you to Scientology? Need I point you to Mormonism? I mean, the most recent of examples are individuals who sought obvious profit achieve those profits and more and more if a person's like what should an enterprising fellow do i'm like i don't know start a religion you'll make a lot of money mm-hmm. that's the really messed up thing about religion you just feel compelled to do it see everybody that talks about atheism being its own religion i'm like i wish <laughs> we'd be rich yeah we would start our own atheist cult you know what would what would a non-believing cult be all about we're not going to do anything because... Oh, you, you know that's good. That, that's the eventual... That's what's going to happen. Everybody knows it. Good atheists is going to turn into a total cult. <laughs> next, be, next thing you know from donations is going to be move up to Quebec and live in our spaceship. Well, it won't be a spaceship. It'll be a su- super advanced town. 
<laughs> super advanced <laughs> habitat. Exactly. What's the name of your habitat project again that you're developing? Project Habitat. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Don't See, be a dick it, face. It, it begins. No, Don't I, be I, a dick face. No, I had seriously forgotten. <laughs> I, I, it was just... I, wasn't I sure. mean in general as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on. I want to talk about something that's really cool. Uh, this is just a this is just one example that appeared in uh, uh, nature dot com, uh, and it's it's just it's a beautiful and hilarious example of evolution at work. Okay, the there's this type of bird and it's called the black cap in Britain, and uh, over the last couple of decades since I guess the 1970s, it started being popular for people to have bird feeders, and some of the birds stopped migrating. Uh, because they they typically migrate down to Spain during the winter and then move up to Germany to breed. But what's happening is that some of the birds are staying because there's there's a bunch of bird feeders and fucking sure beats flying all the way to Spain. I think that probably sucks. Well, you know, I wouldn't mind going to Spain for winter and then fucking in Germany, but I understand why for birds. I've always kind of wondered that whole back and forth thing. It's like... Stay somewhere. What's up with the commute? Is it that great back up here? And then, like, half a year later, it's going to turn freezing cold again? Stay where it's warm. I've just always found migratory patterns to be a very mysterious thing. I don't quite understand it. But anyways, so this 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 type of bird, now what's happening is that they stay in Britain, and uh, their breeding is separate from the ones that essentially go to Spain. So they're, they're, they're starting to form their own genetically diverse group. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's happened is that some of the evolutionary changes that have occurred in just 30 years as a result is that these birds will have more rounded feathers and smaller beaks because they don't have to travel long distances and their beaks don't have to be bigger to crack some of the, you know... Like, Those uh, Germanic nuts. Well, actually or the whatever. Spanish olives or something like that. Apparently oh. olives are hard maybe on birds. Mm. I don't know. But I thought this was this was at least as far as I was concerned, just one of those really cool, classic shove this in the face of any creationist dickweed if you're feeling like having a good day. Because what I love about this is that number one, it's a demonstration of evolution at work, but number two, it's entirely man made. <laughs> it's the result of us having bird feeders. And it's it's creating a, a an evolutionary change in one of the local birds. I just love that though, when science when science just just perfectly shows you how these these theories and work and 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 really that's that's one of those things that uh, if I was a less lazy person or if I had more time I, I would I would be posting up on the Good Atheist talking about check out this thing that proves this because that's what I love is seeing all of that because that's I never really gave too much of a crap about evolution until I really started tracking it back to all of the. Uh, to to how it basically kind of has a hand in in almost everything. It's pretty scary <laughs> and, when and, you and how it, it. Metho- methodolic methodically. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm get, I'm getting crazy because of this flu shot, man. The <laughs> autism is setting oh no, in. he can't talk anymore. The methodology is what you were talking. Yeah, about? It, it, just just how it how it completely shows that the religion is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what I, I think what I personally just 
dig with evolution is that people really have to understand that it's just it's a process that's constantly happening. You know, different forms of selection because you can. I talk about evolution. I'm talking about lots of different types. Natural selection is one of them. Artificial selection is another. Sexual selection is a third. There's lots of different types of evolution, and sometimes all of them are at work, or sometimes one more than 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 another. And I think it's just neat to think about all the different kinds of evolutionary changes that are even happening in us. You know, and these are things that we need to understand. The same technology that made it possible for us to have a fucking flu shot and to now essentially be, you know, close to immunity. We're now, like, relatively close to it if, we're, if, if we suddenly run into contact with it. And that's got to be, that's a bit of a load off my shoulder. Let me first admit that. Mm. But uh, anyways, the science... Wait, 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 getting, getting the shot and having yeah. it done? Getting a shot, yeah. Well, I was I was worried about uh, you know sort of the being down and, and, and out for the Christmas holidays because you know you, you when you have Christmas you're you're meeting up with family and then whenever they they've been trolling around with other people out in the regular world mm-hmm. they're not you know they're not bloggers that stay in their basement all day and don't talk to anybody and don't have any physical contact. Well, here's a quick question for you: What do you what how do you think your family is going to score on the uh, on the H1N1 shot scorecard? Well, that's a good question. I don't know because one one sister lives in Bermuda, and uh, I I have absolutely no idea what's going on there in terms of like whether or not they have distribution. A for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's got a population of what sixty three thousand. Uh, I have to assume maybe they get stuff from the states, but if the states is always running out, I mean, are they going to send stuff to Bermuda? So I don't know what the fucking deal is. Hmm. Personally, I didn't care that much enough about it to find out. But hmm. my sister's staying in Bermuda, so whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sister Melissa, I think I think she would. I mean, despite the fact that she believes in uh, some pretty fucking weird Reiki stuff, and Reiki such. and whatever, mm. she's usually pretty good about stuff like this. And if she's not, then after the holidays, I'm going to fucking make sure that she does. <laughs> That's going to be my little holiday plan. I'm like, okay, everybody, did you get your fucking shot? No? Okay, you're going to hear a you know, 20-minute speech from Jacob about why you should get the shot and why it's important. That's going to be your little Christmas gift to everybody. Merry Christmas. <laughs> mm. Anyways, back to my original point, which is, again, talking about what's so cool about evolution is just to understand it. It's, it because it's a process that never stops, you can never know it all. You know, like we have we have models that tell us what we can, you know, like what we see, what we can, um, like, like I, I suppose it's like predicting the weather, right? You can't really know what new types of, of, of life will just arise because the, the, the mechanism of it is still very complex and, and, and fascinating and weird and, and worth knowing. Like, who thinks it's not worth knowing? Who's like, well, I'd rather read my Bible. Like, are you serious, buddy? I mean, you read it probably three fuck or four times, you know, front, front to cover. Did, you, did it tell you anything about the natural world, man? Did you get any knowledge out of it at the end of the day? Like, you can tell me, oh, it was full of wonderful stories, and it taught me lessons. You know what? I've always found that that fucking, that, that's, a, that's bullshit. Because when you read a story, it doesn't t- teach you anything new. It just puts into contrast the, the way that you already feel. So if you read a story of, you know, like of a hero, it reacts to your kind of own, like, you know, uh, internal set of, of, of values, when you read, oh, look at all this self-sacrifice, altruism, you know, friendship, love, you know, when you when you respond to these, it's not because you've been taught what they are and told that it was good. 
It's because you already knew it was good. So if that's the fact, like, why the hell do I need this one book? I obviously don't. I can read a whole bunch of other ones, especially stuff that's going to teach me some new stuff, some new shit for me to really think about. I'm like, this is what annoys me the most about people who are like, the Bible is the best. The best at what? The best at being everywhere this is the only answer. Being in hotel rooms. The shit. best at being everything to everyone. Best at, you know, best at justifying people's pre-existing beliefs. Oh, well, the Bible supports my worldview. 100%. Of course it does. And it also supports 100% the guy who's ideologically opposed to you. What the hell, man? Who's wrong? Who's right? Hey, good news. You're both wrong. <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, religious people should concentrate on working out between each other what's important and what's not before they start bothering all of us secular people. Well, they tried that, you know. Ecumenism is, is mostly uh, that. You know, it's different religious faiths coming together saying, well, you know, as long as we believe and... Christ and stuff. It's all good. We'll just call it all Christianity. Yeah, but we can they, just boast about our numbers. But then is everybody still allowed to believe all those thou shalt nots for everybody else? All what you, those. What do you mean, like the Ten Commandments? Well, they, they, well they, no, no. I mean, it's it's the whole, if everybody gets together and says, oh, we can all believe what we want to believe, but uh, what about, does, does that leave a lot of room for people saying, well, homosexuality is a sin? Well, that's why I was telling you that ecumenism is dead, or it will be dead, because... They they generally agree on, on a certain consensus, and it's a very, very simple consensus. Is it like, Jesus Christ is Lord. And from there, there's not much that's in agreement about anything, about how the institution's supposed to work, about so, it's just, um, how the, even the Trinity works. Like, there's, there's, there's lots and lots of different denominations and belief within that system. I never actually thought about this. Um, evangelicals and homosexuality... If you're a homo and... <laughs> One of those homos. If you're, if you're a homo, but you've yeah. accepted Christ as your personal savior, which seems to be like that, the, that, you know, that's the one that they say is the most, it's the, it's the only one. It, but you're a homo. Do you right. still go to hell? Uh, yes. Evangelicals definitely believe that, yeah, for sure. For sure. Ted Haggard is a perfect example of that. Evangelical, homosexual who has accepted Christ in his life, he deals with the fact that these two things are incompatible. Now, I've heard lots of gay people who are religious explain to me and say, like, well, Jesus never said anything specific about homosexuality, which is true. But he also said that he, was, he wasn't there to make any changes to the existing fucking laws, you know, like the, the rules of the pedatooch or whatever it's called. You know, he wasn't there to change that shit. Uh, which is ironic because he w both was and wasn't. But that's not the point. Mm -hmm. The point is that it doesn't matter if he did or if he didn't. It's a storybook! Who cares if Hercules told you that you couldn't fuck your buddy? Like, I don't care what Hercules thought. It's not important, okay? What Zeus said, what fucking Thor said, is irrelevant. Who cares what Thor said on homosexuality? You really want to base your life on what fucking, you know, uh, uh, some some ridiculous pagan myths from from thousands of years ago? You mm. you care about what these ideas and mythologies have to say about well, modern life? You know, we still care a little bit. There's going to be a Thor movie. Start film starts filming next week, man. Kenneth Branagh is directing it, which is a little bit scary, but whatever. I think that movie's going to suck balls, dude. 
Yeah, Thor probably. the movie. Like, what are they going to do? Is he a god? Is he not a god? It's going to be confusing. Mm. And I hope it's like the 1950s when the character came out and he was a regular dude who just had this cane and he would strike it on the ground and suddenly become Thor. You know? But he was a regular nerdy dude who just get pushed around all the time. And if he dropped his hammer for an extended period of time, he'd turn back into a human. Hmm. So the hammer was kind of like the big deal. It's why they made it always come back whenever he wanted to. Because, you know, you drop that hammer, if you don't have a comeback option, it's uh, it's like a pretty crazy weakness. Somebody could just grab your hammer and be like, got your hammer. It's going to wait three seconds. Hmm. And then you're, I'm going to hit you with it. <laughs> So I hope they make it on that Thor. That's the only way to be entertaining. Mm. Okay, you know what? For I think we're going to wrap it up, and we're going to catch everybody. Uh, for the free show, I'd like to thank everyone who's a patron. Hopefully we can keep you as patrons for a long time to come. We've got lots of great plans and stuff like that for the future. Yeah, and let me just remind y'all, uh, you know, go get your flu shots. Yeah, do people do people ever write in and say, like, uh, you know, for an atheism show, we, we sure do talk just a lot of science that isn't directly related to religion? Or do they understand like the whole the whole why it's a package deal? And um, I've always I think I think that mo- most people do, yeah, for sure. And besides, this is like edutainment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's you know it's, it, to be taken about sixty percent seriously. Well, I, I just figure that as a good atheist, mm-hmm. you know what you should be doing is you should you should be always pushing the boundaries of of. Of, of truth and and that's the important thing about it and it's not just towards religion it's towards all of these all of the ridiculousness out there where people are ignoring sanity you know what i mean yeah. so i just think that uh, the flu shot is a perfect opportunity for people to put their money where their mouth is it's really easy it didn't even you know i was i i fucking hate needles man but i know i did i did i was i not right that it didn't feel like anything it didn't feel like anything <laughs> it at all. didn't even feel like a needle was going in i was yeah. like this is ridiculous it hurt more when they removed it did needle technology change, or did my pain threshold? Well, get it's just when you get when you you're used to probably getting a needle right in your vein, and that's the thing is you just jab this in your arm in your and so it's nothing. You know what I mean? So it doesn't hurt. Didn't take any time. No lineups, which I was a little bit concerned about. It's like this is this is day day number two of the general the general allowance for all of the healthy people to go and get it. And let me tell you what, back when it was all old people, sick people, children, pregnant people, like there were lineups out the door because obviously these people need to be immune in order they, to they not... They know what the score is. They're those people on like the bus that if you cough, they get really nervous looking. You're like, ha ha, well, it's because they could die. So all, there was lineups out the door for that. But second day in of this... I don't know whether or not this means anything, but there was nobody really there. I just walked right in, and there was no line. So I'm like, there was no line. No. Everybody, uh, everybody, if you're if you're feeling it, go through with it. You know, don't let this be one of those things where you know you talk about it and you don't do it. Be a fucking adult. <laughs> be a fucking adult. Okay, with that, my name is Jacob Fortan. I'm Ryan Harkness. Have a good atheist day, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>